When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Solar Panel. I'm your host for the day, Zona, a.k.a. Brandon. If you're wondering where Dave is, he's currently asleep. Uh, I think he quit on the podcast, actually. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He's, he's out of town. Um, got a couple fun guests on today for you guys. Hopefully a good show. Um, this is my first time hosting, so bear with me here. Um, I'll turn it over to Mr. John, Mr. 300. Uh, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing well, Brandon. Thanks for having me. And listen, if you stumble at any point during this podcast hosting, I host a podcast, Coach Evan B., who's located above me, and he's ho- he hosts the He's on Fire podcast. So we can definitely help you navigate the hosting abilities. I knew you guys would be great guests. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why you're here. Take care of all that, and I'll just kind of do my thing. <laughs> so uh, Coach Evan... Uh, you want to introduce yourself real quick to to our viewers? Absolutely. Coach Evan, uh, host of the He's on Fire podcast at He's on Fire pod on Twitter and YouTube. And you can find me all on there uh, doing everything. Phoenix Suns, Arizona Cardinals, Arizona State, and not so much on the Arizona Diamondbacks right now with the whole baseball thing going down, but that's for another pod. Yeah, uh, we want to talk about the Diamondbacks. Uh, not only the lockout, but they're not in the best spot either right now so um we'll get you caught up on last week um since we recorded the all-star game happened uh devin booker put up 20 points five boards and four steals on nine of 18 shooting played the second most minutes uh on team durant outside of joel Embiid. so got some pretty good run got to close the game out um had a funny moment with chris paul where he did a little fake rip through obviously he's not going to go full rip through with you know paul's injury but you know, that was a cool moment, even though CP only played two minutes, uh, got a couple of good clips out of it. So uh, what were you guys' takeaways on on Booker and Paul and just the, the all-star game in general? That was fun. It was fun to watch that. And, and I'm glad that he didn't do full rip through on Chris Paul, because that would be as stupid as having a podcast at eight in the morning, Dave. <laughs> John paging Dave dude move this thing to 9 a.m man <laughs> help the world out okay uh but no it was it was a very entertaining all-star game all-star weekend overall was kind of disappointing uh no sun rep- sun's representation on all-star Saturday night the dunk contest was pretty lame I mean it got to the point where it's like listen just just throw down basic dunks we don't need to see all this you know hold on wait 35 minutes i got to put on my timbalins to miss a dunk seven times you know it's like just go back to the the fun and exciting and, and hammering down of jams if you will and this is coming from the sun's jam session podcast host uh jam it down but give us a true jam session but when it finally came time for the all-star game 
Uh, even though the halftime show was the longest halftime show in the history of halftime shows, they should have got rid of all the music and just let us watch the NBA's top 75 players of all time come out and be celebrated. Uh, seeing Devin Booker play the way that he did, knowing that this is his third All-Star game, the second one he's actually played in. And the first one, you know, two years ago, he had like six points. It didn't look, you know, it was you could tell it was his first All-Star game. This is starting, he's going to start to cement himself as kind of the go-to all-star guy now moving forward. And to see him be as engaged as he was, uh, throwing down monster jams, you know, doing getting so elevated. I didn't know Devin Booker could get up, could get up that high uh, on that one dunk that he had. But it was just an overall fun experience to see, you know, a member of the Phoenix Suns, two members of the Phoenix Suns, but one member of the Phoenix Suns primarily go out there and not only be a participant, but be effective in an all-star game. Because if you even go back to the Steve Nash Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion days, they they were all part of the game, but none of them were truly effective, I feel, back in those days. Those were like the Kobe All-Star games. So to see Devin Booker come out, like you said, log as many minutes as he did, score as many points as he did, it just it made you proud. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of flashbacks of uh, Olympic book to me. Uh, Coach Evan, what are your thoughts on the All-Star game in general and from the Suns' point of view? You know, from the Suns' point of view, uh, very disappointing nobody was in there on the, on the Saturday Night Showcase. But at the same time, it was so bad, maybe that was a good thing. Uh, I do think the NBA needs to change some things, especially with the three-point contest. With everybody shooting from the logo, let's put a rack back at the logo at some point, right? Let's, ju- let's just move that back even more. So change that a little bit. Change the dunk contest. I mean, somebody's got to be at least jumping over a car to make it exciting nowadays. So, you know what? Maybe try to raise the rim. Raise it up 10 and a half feet. Who can get up there? Raise it up to 11. Who can get up there? And just keep going. I there you know. go. Try something different. They tried to do something different with the skills challenge, but that I was just I was just confused. I didn't know which way they had to go at which time or do anything. So that was a little frustrating to watch, too. It was just a shame. Uh, side note, though, my uh, the new company I work for, which is a, a sports company, uh, my boss and a co-worker that I got to work with, they get to go to Cleveland. They got to go there and experience it. And nice. the whole week I was like... I really hope Karen gets sick so I can go. I really hope Karen gets sick. And of course, nobody got COVID, so they got to go. So it was really Gosh, darn it. That. <laughs> um, but we get we get to host it next year. We as in Salt Lake City. So I'm looking forward to going Ooh. to it next year. So I'm not going to say anything bad about it because I get to go next year. For, as far as Booker is concerned, him getting up and, and throwing that down with the left hand. I haven't seen that before. That was nice to get a little alley-oop like that. I was a little disappointed with his shooting. I know he was 9 of 18, but I kind of thought he was going to have one of those like 12 for 15 games, and it it just wasn't quite there. He was the only one playing defense, though. He was the only one trying to go out there, play defense, complain to the refs a little bit, do all that <laughs> stuff. That was nice. Nobody played defense. And then like randomly, I think it was the second, third quarter, Giannis comes up and steals it from Book. Like we hadn't seen anybody try to do that the whole game, and I was like, "Okay, Giannis, what? Come on, man, WTF?" So that was a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah, Giannis was even trying hard in the, the skills competition. So that that guy's always going 110 miles an hour. But, but yeah, to your point with uh, Booker, his defense in general, I think, is really picked up this year, and you're starting to see that in his last four games, he has 13 steals and five blocks. So he's kind of been all over the place and. Uh, an all-star game, you know, he had four steals as well. So I think this is just kind of the new book. And a lot of people need to, sh- like, reshape that narrative that's old and tired. Uh, it takes a long time to rebuild a narrative, yes. as we've seen with with guys like DeAndre and um, a few other guys on the team. But, yeah, now that there's competence around them, they can play defense. Shocker. 
Um, so <laughs> well, well, it's also kind of funny, Brandon, because you know, again, as you mentioned, it, it takes so long for the narrative to actually change. And we've been watching it for the past season and a half with Devin Booker being more engaged on off or on defense. And you're seeing even more, obviously, with Chris Paul being out in these these last two games. I just wonder how long it is going to take anybody from the national media to finally go, hey, that guy plays good defense. Because, you know, I still feel like people, if they had, were, they had an opportunity to choose, they would choose Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray over Devin Booker. Like, I swear I hear more about Jamal Murray during him, this period of him being injured, how amazing he is versus what Devin Booker's actually putting forth on the court. And, you know, Coach Evan B., you were on uh, the 300th episode of Suns Jam Session last night one that I couldn't make because I was traveling, you know, and, and one of the things that you were talking about is the all NBA buzz for Dem Booker and how it's non-existent and how Steph Curry, who has very similar stats to Dem Booker and is having career lows kind of across the board will probably end up first team all NBA because of those narratives. And, you know, flex from Jersey was on the show as well. And he was saying like, once you're kind of in the all NBA conversation, then you're going to live in that conversation consistently. But it's just that national narrative you know, and the one thing that Devin Booker does that Steph Curry doesn't do, that Donovan Mitchell definitely doesn't do, and that Jamal Murray can't because he's been out for so long, is actually play defense. And we're seeing that increase during this time uh, with Chris Paul out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right, go ahead, Coach. No, absolutely. Uh, Donovan Mitchell does play defense. I've seen him play plenty of defense, so that's not a narrative on him. Uh, and if if Jamal Murray was healthy, remember, we would have never even made it to the playoffs if Jamal exactly, Murray was healthy. Exactly. So that's just a frustrating narrative. You know, aren't, aren't we used to it, though, uh, as Phoenix Suns fans? We kind of thrive on that. And after the loss last night, we're going to start hearing a lot of negative things come our way, which I think only leads uh, leads more fire. But I have a few more takes to get on that, and we'll get to that later in the show. Okay, okay. Yeah, so. I jumped the gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you're good. Um, but yeah, going to last week's games now, shifting from the all-star break. Um, had the the win against the Thunder, which, you know, seemed like another game where they just kind of slept walk through the first three quarters. And then, you know, clutch time arrives, five-point game, five minutes, and then they win by 20. So <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then the Pelicans lost last night. Just kind of felt like that, that Blazers game from earlier in the year where it's just like, no matter what they did, it just seemed like every 50, 50 ball went to the Pelicans. Uh, They're hitting their shots. The the refs didn't help. The free throw disparity was ridiculous, but mm. um, you know, it's going to happen. So I saw a lot of Suns fans panicking on the timeline and it's pretty funny just considering they're, they're what, 19 and one in their last 20 before this game. And, you know, we had a 19 win season a couple of years ago. So it's like maybe back it up a little bit <laughs> on the panic meter. Um, yeah, what are you guys' takeaways from, from this week's games? Well, I mean, obviously the first takeaway is, okay, post-CP3 life uh, is going to be something that involves the word discombobulation at times. You know, with the point book, obviously something that we've seen numerous times throughout his career, but now with assets around him that actually can be productive, we need those assets to execute. And I think that that's one thing that I really took away from the Thunder game is Devin Booker ended with 12 assists and he could have had 20 if the Suns could just knock down shots because his gravity going towards the rim uh, would pull the defenders in, leaving wide open shooters. And the wide open shooters just weren't hitting until that final five minutes. When we hit the final five minutes, Devin Booker kind of took over. The rest of the team started making their shots. And all of a sudden, everything was right in, in the, the world of the Suns. Uh, you know, the other obvious takeaway is like we need campaign back ASAP because Alfred Payton ain't going to cut it. Aaron Holiday obviously was out last night. Uh, what, what was the reason he was out? Was it uh, t- 
I believe ankle. It was his ankle, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, don't know how serious that is. My assumption is on a back-to-back, you know, it's get him a little rest because we know we're going to need him uh, plenty during these next few games until we wait for CP3 to come back. But, you know, my, my first initial takeaways we're going to need some help in that guard area and we need some productivity from you know campaign when he comes back Landry Shamit please dear god do something do something Landry like this is the time now is the time why we gave you an extension uh the rookie extension why we the the James Jones decided to pay you some money put some faith in you and don't get me wrong like it's a very tradable contract I'm just hoping that he's productive enough so we can trade him next year because I don't know how much more of this Landry Shamit stuff I can take guys I don't know I'm right there with you. It's been rough. Uh, We're hoping for one of those just like two month stretches where he just can't miss and then a little bit of redemption arc for him. And then maybe you could trade him this off season. So uh, coach, what are your thoughts on these, these past two games? Was very encouraged after the thunder game. Very encouraged. I didn't think uh, SGA was going to play that game. So he plays and you know, they're a scrappy team. They're a young scrappy team. So they're going to get out there. They're going to do their thing every once in a while, and they're going to make their runs. They're going to make it hard for you. Uh, they, they pushed all the right buttons for a while. And it just seemed like kind of a typical Phoenix Suns game. You know, we're going to go up big. I think we were up 19 points or something like yeah. that in the first half. And we, we let it go. And I, kind of got to the point where I feel like the Suns do that on purpose just to like challenge themselves. We could make this a 40 point game, but let's, let's go down to single digits and then see what we can do. Right. It almost feels like they do that on purpose. And as you said, the last five minutes, it was, it was comical. I think I kept the stats until about the two twelve mark when we were up 15, we had six makes and a turnover and they had six misses, one make and like two turnovers or, or some crazy stat like that. It just it just inflated. Real quickly, and I thought it was going to happen last night. I thought we were going to be able to come back the free throw disparity. I mean, we lose by 15 and they made 15 more free throw attempts made not even shot that just plain made 15 more free throws. So that's frustrating. The problem that I really had last night was the boards, man. We got out-rebounded like no other last night. Balanchunas had 17 boards. DA had five. I think McGee had two or three. So the big guys were not being able to to get the boards last night. So why not bring a guy in like Bismarck Biombo? Why not bring him in, bring that energy that we're missing from an Aaron Holiday, missing from a Cameron Payne, and just get somebody out there that's just active? And we didn't have a lot of active guys last night. And I was honestly really upset with Wingstop. I mean, I'm glad Tory Craig is happy, but I really thought this is an opportune moment and and going forward for Wingstop to show out. And for those who don't know, Wingstop is the nickname for Tory Craig, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. And I guess you kind of throw in uh, Aaron Holiday a little bit since he's going to be guarding a lot of perimeter guys. But if we're not going to have CP3 in there, if we're not going to be able to run our typical offense, we need to be able to win the basketball game in different ways. And I thought defensively, this is a good time to kind of showcase different things we can do. And it just seemed like we were not only a step off, we were a step and a half off. The rotations weren't there. When when Mikhail's getting blown by, there's nobody back there guarding, guarding the back. So everything was just off. Hopefully this is a one-off. And, and the Landry Shamit point, I just kept thinking this is a one-off season. You go look at his career stats. This is career lows in a lot of different categories. And so I just thought at some point it's going to turn it around. Oh, after the all-star break, he's going to turn it around. Aaron holidays and he's got a fire under his butt. And 
that's just not the case and it's it's frustrating to watch yeah that, that's well pretty well said i think just in general their defense was just a step slow they're pretty flat-footed um all night and they let the pelicans get comfortable and you know a couple tic-tac fouls you're in the bonus um and it just kind of kept stacking up on them and uh to your point earlier i think we're just extremely spoiled as a fan base because i completely agreed with you that i was just kind of waiting for that comeback because we're so used to it i feel like it's like all right when's it gonna happen and it just kind of never really did like they, they made a couple like short runs but the pelicans just matched it every time um so i think that just kind of shows you with without chris paul um and without campaign who's you know typically the the reserve point guard along with uh, aaron holiday you're kind of stuck with alfred payton as your your only playmaker outside of point book so you know, a lot of those minutes were pretty rough. And I think, maker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he makes plays. They're, they're not always uh, pretty. Though. <laughs> I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's just kind of one of those nights you just forget about. Uh, starting the all-star break with the back-to-back is also pretty weird. So, you know, yeah. fatigue could also be a factor there. So. They were rested. They mm-hmm. were rested in Phoenix for two days. We arrive at midnight. It's a back-to-back, which never happens in the playoffs. So let's just hope it's an outlier. And remember, we got our asses really kicked to start the start off after the All-Star break last year by Indiana, if anybody remembers that yep. game. Yeah. And the, and we were just fine. So, Well, that's the key. Rem- remember that, Suns fans. Like, it's not the end of the world. See, 11th loss of the season out of 60 games. Like... You know, I, I get it, and I guess that's just, you know, social media is a naturally negative place. So anytime anything negative happens, like, everybody jumps off a cliff. And a loss is a loss. And guess what? No team goes 82-0. and 0. You're going to have these off nights. We see it from, you know, I, I had one of my cousins was texting me, and he was at the game, and he's just like, is this really the best team in the NBA? And I'm like, dude, the Jordan and the Bulls lost 10 games. Like, it happens. Lose, loses happen or losses happen. I wouldn't go as far. Maybe this is a scheduled loss. You know, it's something that we've seen the Suns definitely overcome throughout this season is those scheduled losses, especially against really good teams like when they had to play Philly. But at the same time, like I'm not going to read too much into it. This is one that you pack into a little you know suitcase, you throw it away, and just don't ever deal with it again because there's a lot of things that we're working against the Phoenix Suns. You know, the key here is to you know not make this a trend. It's the, the key here is not to go on like a five game losing streak. If we start to see like two or three losses in a row, then we're going to have to talk about uh, what we got to do to get Landry Shaman out of town. Uh, again, I'll, I'll pull up to his house. I'll pack his bags for him. And I'll drive him to the airport if I have to. But until that point, everyone just needs to, you know, sit back, relax and enjoy the ride. You know, it's, it's peaks and valleys. And when you are enjoying a peak, like the suns have been on for quite some time, appreciate that peak. And when you go into a valley, Hopefully, it's not going to be a long one for the Phoenix Suns, but know that another peak lies ahead. And I think that that's definitely prudent with this team, with the level of talent that they have, and with the leadership of Chris Paul on the sideline right now and eventually coming back prior to this team going to the playoffs. Because I don't think he's going to be out. You get a couple of these losses, Chris Paul, all of a sudden, that thumb might start to feel a little bit better. I really think this is, uh, although it is definitely an injury that some you know we have to keep our eye on, I definitely think this is you know uh, an excuse, essentially, for the Phoenix Suns to go, listen, Chris, sit down. We finally have a reason to tell you to sit down. Down, rest yourself as long as we got that number one seed we're going to be fine going into the playoffs that's what matters uh we're not going to clear you I, i'm james jones is probably paying the doctor on the side He's like still tell him two more weeks okay here just tell him two more weeks because that guy <laughs> wants to get out there right now and play you could see it on the sidelines last night like he wanted to get out there and play yeah it's, it's nearly impossible to to keep chris on the sideline if this is a playoff series he'd be playing 100 percent. so facts um what do you look like 
typical Chris Paul or a Lakers series Chris Paul. We don't know, um, but he would be out there. That's that's for sure. But, but yeah, um, I think that that's it for the uh, the Pelicans game. The panic meter. The only time I really panicked was the Tory Craig going down with a knee injury. It looked oh. a little awkward, but thank, thankfully he came right back in the game uh, a few minutes later. So uh, dodged a bullet there. But uh, yeah, they're they're forty nine and eleven. They have a six game lead on Golden State. So let's. So maybe not panic here, Suns Twitter. I know you, you got it's what you guys like to do, but take a deep breath. Um, so now we'll move on to the next topic, which is talking about you know Devin Booker potentially getting in the MVP race. What he'd have to do. Um, while I don't think he's going, like this is my take on. I'll just jump right into it. I don't think he's going to win MVP by any means, but I think top five he could absolutely enter that conversation. Um, first team All NBA is something that. I think if the Suns can get close to that 65 to 70 win mark and that he's playing well, there's, it's going to be tough to exclude him from that. So um, especially with Chris Paul out, this is kind of his time to shine. So uh, we'll start with the coach on this one. What do you think Devin Booker has to do to truly enter the conversation for MVP? He legitimately needs to average 30 plus points, 10 plus assists, assists and, you know, the six steals the other night against the thunder he needs to have he needs to have those types of games and he can absolutely do it i don't know if he's going to make the all nba but flex brought up a great point he's going to be eligible for a super max soon and to be eligible for that for that 250 million dollar contract you've got to be on the all nba team so that's something to look for mvp it's it, there's it's just not going to happen and, and honestly i don't think he's been better than joel mb this year i really don't i'm not i'm not trying to be biased or, or douchey or anything like that just you know straight up Embiid has killed it again he you know it's arguable that Embiid could have won the mvp last year as well we could have that discussion so Embiid's been playing out of his mind and other than that you look at Jokic who's also been playing just as good if not better than last year I don't know if there's anything that Booker can do outside of averaging 40 points and 15 assists and 10 steals or rebounds that would put him into that conversation I'd like to have at least a top three conversation I'd like it to be an argument I'd like those points to come up unfortunately regardless of what he does that's just not going to happen all NBA all NBA is something we can absolutely have a discussion about, but we can't have performances last night where he's getting he's getting blitzed every single play and he doesn't know what to do with it. So I don't know if it's he doesn't know what to do with it or he doesn't have that second playmaker to be able to do something with. But it's only one game. Again, I, I think we're going to see a different game come tomorrow. I think Booker could easily put up a 50 spot on the Jazz like he's always done. And if he do, does something like that and can back it up with another game, that's when we're going to start to get the ball rolling. He just needs to do it on consecutive games. You do that in a week span, you win player of the week. Oh, he's averaged 36 points in this. That's when people start talking. And we've kind of been waiting for that for Book. Even last year and this year. Last year, I don't think he put up a 40-point game, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe it was a 50-point game he didn't do. Uh, we're really kind of waiting for those back-to-back 40-point -back games, too. Let's have something like that happen. Then we can really have a legitimate conversation. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Coach B. I mean... You take a look at what Devin Booker's done thus far this season, and he's averaging 25.5 points. He's averaging 4.5 assists. He's averaging 5.2 rebounds. And even if career he high, to, career high, yeah, absolutely. But it's still, you know, when you look at that in the scope of the MVP conversation, if he was to go and average 30 points and 10 assists 
for the remainder of the season, it's still not statistically going to move the needle enough for the national media to give two shits about it. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Joel Embiid is putting up monster numbers. Nikolai Jokic is putting up monster numbers. They're both putting up such great numbers that Giannis's numbers aren't even are, are morphed by them. And he's putting up fantastic numbers. So, you know, the, obviously the primary thing that runs into uh, or is a uh, factor in the MVP voting is the narrative, right? Like what's the narrative this season? Because in all honesty, uh, you could, you know, Giannis won the MVP two times in a row. And even though he had a good season last year, he wasn't even considered in the MVP conversation because eh, the national media got tired of voting for him. It's the same reason Michael Jordan didn't win nine MVPs and they were giving them to like Carl Malone, you know, in the mid nineties, even though Michael Jordan was the MVP in my personal opinion during the, during that time. Uh, and, and again, it's a subjective argument because what does MVP mean to you? Is it the most valuable player to a team? Is it the best player in the league award? You don't necessarily know what it is, and the different media members vote on it based on their bias and what their interpretation of MVP is. So Joel Embiid is somebody who uh, had a fantastic year last year, came up short due to injury. I mean, a lot of people still voted for him, number one overall for the MVP, but the, the majority didn't due to the fact that he didn't play enough games, in their opinion, for him to actually earn the award so it went to Nikolai Jokic this year he's balling out he's doing the same things that he did last year but he's remained healthy throughout the majority of the season therefore this is kind of their opportunity to bestow upon that uh, upon Joel Embiid the award they wanted to give him last year so no matter what Devin Booker mm -hmm. does he like you said 30 and 10 we we know as Suns fans what that means to this team we know how valuable that would be for this team during this uh, chasm of the season in which CP3 is out, but it won't move the needle nearly enough to even get him, in my opinion, in the top five when it comes to the MVP conversation because it's it's Joel Embiid, it's the Joker, it's Giannis, and then it's you know up for Demar DeRozan. Demar DeRozan has gotten getting a lot of pub now because he's gone on this run of over what is it thirty five points every game for the last like decade or whatever it is now. I don't know, uh, but again, you're getting a lot of uh, the buzz is generally on the East coast and it's going to continue that way due to the performance of these centers who are truly dominating the big game. And it's disappointing that DA is, you know, DA is the one I want to step up. And I know we're going to get to that in a second, but like, uh, you know, Devin Booker is going to have to guide this ship, but you need, you know, Batman needs his Robin right now. And, uh, in, in a league where the big men are going to get recognition for the way that they've dominated, especially over the past five, you know, five years, the conversation during the Steph Curry era was like, Hey, you know, is this now a guard centric league? The big man doesn't really matter anymore. You don't give big men maxes. And then you got every year. It's a big man winning the MVP. And again, this year it's the top three players in the league are big men. So. Yeah, exactly. And to your point on narrative, I think that's, that's everything, especially with voters. Um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the media is just kind of, you look at like Chris Paul last year, they just really pushed that and just kind of ignored Devin Booker. It seems mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, Gave all the credit to him, try to shift the narrative. I, I know there are a lot of like segments that they did, like trying to push that. And that's fine. Chris Paul deserves that. But I think, you know, this is kind of a chance for the Suns in general to prove that, you know, th this is a complete team. We don't need, we don't rely on CP. Uh, Book can carry the load. And obviously last night's not a great example of that, but um, it was a pretty weird circumstance with the second of a back-to-back -back coming off the all-star break without three of your, your guards. So I think at full strength, um, and, you know, essentially they're going to need DeAndre to step up, like you mentioned, John. But um, I think at full strength without Chris Paul, this team could still 
easily be a top four seed in the West. Um, that's that's my hot take, and I think this is their their chance to prove it now. So, uh, well, and that's and that's you know a good point too, Brandon. Is the Suns, in my opinion, have to play well right now because if the Suns play bad during this next stretch without CP3, that's all we're going to hear. Yep. See, it's clearly CP3. It's 100%. Everything that's gone on in Phoenix for the past year and a half is CP3. And we know from watching this team that that's not the case because the seeds were planted when we had Ricky Rubio here. If you have any semblance of an effective point guard, Devin Booker and the rest of this young squad can be unbelievably productive. We saw it in the bubble, but because CP three showed up here, a name nationally that everybody knows. And you know, he's on state farm commercials now with Monty, which are awesome by the way, but still we need to, the, the Suns need to be effective enough. So that narrative kind of goes away and they go, Oh, the Phoenix Suns are just a really good team period. And that's also going to benefit the any free agents, you know, in the next couple of years, they can look at that and be like, hey, I could be the person who comes in, steps in for CP3 when it's time for him to step away from the game. And I want to be the next guy to step in there and help this team continue the success that they've been on, whether that's Darren Fox or or other guys. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be Darren Fox. Totally. DeJounte Murray, please. Uh yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> But no, I, yeah, I totally agree. Everything's narrative based and, you know, it's just just how the media operates. And we'll, we'll hear stories one way or the other, whether it's, oh, Chris Paul is out. The Suns are struggling. This shows how, you know, reliant they are on him. Or on the other end, let's say the Suns go on a crazy stretch here and, and Booker, uh, you know, wins player of the week a couple of weeks in the in the next few weeks. And all of a sudden the narratives are going to start shifting like, OK, Booker belongs in the MVP discussion. So there's really two ways this can go. I, I don't, you know most likely it might go right down the middle and just, they might be kind of good and Booker plays well and nothing really change changes on that end. But the overall for him to really enter that MVP combo, they're going to have to be 66, 67 wins, like pushing, like you need to be like a historic level team and you need book to have some just absurd months to close the season. We've seen him do it. And in, in this time of year, obviously this is like with dragon Bender and Josh Jackson as they're battling for, you know, lottery balls, but, uh, We've seen him have some crazy ends to seasons, so I'm not going to rule it out. Um, I think he can enter the top five, maybe even start getting in the conversation with the guys like you know Jokic and Embiid and Giannis. But for now, I, I think that's just kind of getting ahead of myself. He needs to prove it, and they need to win for that to happen. So, Do you think Devin totally, Booker totally scores 50 points in a game during the remainder of the season? Does he drop one five zero? You think so? We both – all right, all three of us do. Okay, that's awesome. I'm waiting for that game. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> If CP was healthy, I would. I might be a little reluctant. Agreed to say yes to that, but with him out, I think he will. Yeah, there's going to be one of those games where you know the defense is is not going to be blitzing him because that's what killed the Suns last night too. Is the fact that the the Pelicans have length and they that's what they do. They they blitz. They were blitzing CP three last time we played them. Now they're blitzing Devin Booker. But there's going to be a team that's going to sag off of him a little bit. And he's just going to go in, uh, you know, in full Armani mode. And I, uh, I'm waiting for that. I want that. I want a nice fifty, you know, drop drop that fifty out there, uh, D book. Do it, do it for the, the solar panel. Yeah, maybe a, you know, there's no Jimmer to take away a sixty point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, let's take just a minute to talk about our friends at DraftKings. Who pans? The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is just too good to pass up. We're talking Chris Paul no look to Mikael Bridges cut into the rim good. We're talking DeAndre Aiden feathery hook shot good. We're talking Devin Booker jump shot good. New customers can bet just $1 
on any team and get $150 in free bets if you win. It's that simple. Everyone plays for huge cash prizes every single day on DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if you win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Got to be 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 877-8- H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. All right. Um, so I think we can move on to the uh, – actually, let's, let's touch on one more thing, life without CP3. Uh, we already talked a little bit about Aiton, but I want to just dive into that. Um, obviously, it's only been two games, and a lot of people are overreacting already, but I think it's this is a time where Aiton has to step up you know, this is a guy that's trying to play for a max contract. So with CP out, uh, what do you guys want to see from Aiton in order to feel more comfortable about his contract situation? And not only that, just the development of the team moving forward. We'll start with the coach on this one. I want to see Kobe Shaq 2.0. Is that crazy to want? Nope. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. That's kind of what our expectation is. But we know Aiton's inconsistent. You want to talk about peaks and valleys. Now, there's a you know star player that has the ultimate peaks and the ultimate valleys. When you expect him to step up, he doesn't. When you don't expect him to, he thrives. You know. But I've been saying this about Da uh, since the beginning of the season. I'm not the biggest of DeAndre Aiton fans just because I like players that are consistent. And if you want to be a superstar, you got to show up nine out of 10 games in the regular season, period, point blank, end of discussion, not seven out of 10, not even eight out of 10. You got to show up nine out of 10 and you've got to be able to be there consistently. Other than the fact that I'm a, I'm an Arizona state fan. And so I'm not the biggest U of A supporter (laughs) when it comes to those players on the suns, even though I loved me some Channing Fry back in the day, he always shows up when we need him to. He showed up in the bubble. He showed up and showed out in the playoffs. In big games, he has done so. I'm very hesitant to to bash him like I used to just because I know that he's going to show up. But this is the time when you need to show up, bro. No CP3. This is the time when you do need to show up. Are you pissed off about your contract? Okay, show out as well, too. 20-plus games left, just as John just said, let's show everybody that it's not just all about Chris Paul. But you know what? Your number one draft pick from a few few years ago needs to step up. Kyler Murray gets crushed day in and day out for everything he does or doesn't do. Why? Not only is he a quarterback in the NFL, that's obviously a huge thing, but he's a number one pick. He is the number one pick. People don't hesitate to bash him. People do the same thing with DeAndre Ayton, but I think it's almost a little bit less. And I almost feel like he's maybe coddled to by the organization just a touch. I, I might I might be off on that, 
but he doesn't get the same type of push that I feel like other number one picks have gotten so far. But with that being said, if it's all about the money, go up and show out. We were also missing all of our point guards last night. Alfred Payton is not that dude. He's he's a shell of what he was in New York. I thought when we got him after his year in New York, that was going to be an outstanding move for a third point guard option. I, he, he's not even that. You can't play with point book and Alfred on this court together because that requires spacing. We saw the air ball that he threw up last night and he clanked another three-pointer. You can't even play him on the court with Booker at the same time unless he's the primary ball handler, which I don't even trust him to do because he's not a threat to drive. He's not a threat to shoot. He's not really a threat to do anything. So if we could just have one more point guard, just hopefully Payne can come back ASAP. I mean, he's been out since I think I saw January 23rd. It's really starting to get up there for just a sprained wrist. Really worried about him at this point. And if mm -hmm. we could just get Aaron Holiday out there, just somebody else with a little more athleticism and playmaking ability and shooting. And shooting, I, yeah. And shooting. I, I just feel like we will be just fine. But without those guys stepping up, we're, we're in a world of hurt. And then everybody just kind of gets knocked down a peg at that point, you know? If you really got to focus on Aiton, focus on the other ball handler, then guys like Mikhail, Cam Johnson, et cetera, will step up from there. But also, as I said earlier, wing stop on defense. I really want to see them put the clamps down. I'd love to see that. Well, and we saw that against the Thunder. You know, the last five minutes, as we all noted, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns kind of toy with the competition like a cat with a yarn ball. And in that last five minutes – Boom. All the all of a sudden you have this defense locking down the opposition to the point where I think the, the final was 21 to five or 21 to six. That final run that the Phoenix Suns had uh, DeAndre Ayton. Yes. As Dave says in the chat, uh, great show, guys. How can I be missing an Ayton for MVP segment? LOL. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, obviously going the other way. You're right, coach. I never thought about it. The, the amount of or the, the lack of crap that Aiton gets for being a number one pick and not being as dominant as a number one pick should be uh is kind of mind-blowing and I, i'm obviously an Aiton supporter i got the i got the jersey hanging up behind me i, I love deandre Aiton for what he is uh he plays like a number three pick i'll tell you that uh but we definitely need him to show up in these last you know 20 some odd games and i feel like you know first off against the thunder that was their defensive scheme their defensive scheme is every time DA gets the ball, we're going to blitz him. We're going to double him. He was getting triple teamed against the Thunder. And it makes sense because the last time we played the Thunder, he crushed them. So they looked at the film and they go, okay, we're not going to let this guy destroy us from the interior. We're going to blitz him, attack him, not allow him to, to be comfortable. Uh, obviously, Devin Booker running pick and rolls with him is something that isn't, you know, normally results in an alley-oop and pocket passes aren't where... Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton have developed a strong enough chemistry even over the past, you know, four years. Uh, but at the same time, you know, looking at last night, 20 points, uh, he, he poured in, you know, nine for 12 from the field or yeah, nine for 12 from the field, but only had those five rebounds. You know, it felt like the, the Pelicans were really taking him out of the paint and that was their goal. So he couldn't be effective on rebounding. So I'll tell you this, my observation over the last two games, knowing that DeAndre Ayton is going to have to be a guy who has to be productive moving forward is teams are game planning against him effectively these last two games. And that says something about how effective he can be. Hmm. It's his job and it's the coaching staff's job to really try to recognize in the moment 
the defenses that are being thrown at him and trying to find ways to allow him to be as effective as he can because he can be effective. And I really think that over this next 20 game stretch that it's it's possible that we see some really good DeAndre Ayton games because the scoring is going to have to come from somewhere. And if you're playing a team that doesn't necessarily game plan against him, if they're really focused on the guard play, DeAndre Ayton can really shine. So I'm excited to see what's what's upcoming for DA. I really think that during this next stretch, we're going to see we're going to be pleasantly surprised. You know, he also and, and you're right, coach, he should be more engaged. He shouldn't be as coddled because who gets a pass coming out of the all-star break? Nobody, but DA kind of like, it always feels like he's got to get that engine going for two or three games. And all of a sudden he's fully engaged and, you know, then he's wreaking havoc and dominating his back and forth. But, you know, hopefully that comes, we'll see that tomorrow afternoon when they play the jazz. He's, he's facing Gobert tomorrow. He knows what's coming tomorrow. He knows mm-hmm. the defensive player of the year is coming tomorrow. <laughs> but the problem with DA that I had last night more than anything, and I know you weren't able to watch the whole game, John, mm-hmm. uh, Shunas, anytime a shot went up, and for those of you listening on audio, I really apologize about this. Shunas <laughs> was putting a forearm straight into him, putting his body into him, and DA was just backing out to it. And that's why Shunas was so unstoppable last night in the paint. There just wasn't any aggression from him. Once I saw the forearm going up and DA wasn't trying to slap at it or do anything, I, I just knew we were in for a trouble all night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just consistency is the main thing with DeAndre. We, we need, like you guys have both said, he steps up for those big games. So it's hard to complain on that end. Like national TV, even dating back to like his rookie and sophomore year, it always seems like he shows up for those games. But now – you know, if he can, we need to get him to do it consistently because that's, that's what stars do. And that's the expectation for him. He's someone that talented. You need him to, to show up every night and treat every night like a national TV game. So um, another big thing with him is just conditioning. Like we've seen it before where if his conditioning's not there, then the, the effort level can kind of wane a little bit. So hopefully he gets his feet under him and can, you know, continue this, uh, you know, this, post all-star break with a, a strong finish and, and get going because they're going to need him. I think him, Cam, and Mikel getting consistent reps offensively is going to be huge for the playoffs. And in a way it could end up being – the Chris Paul injury could end up being a blessing in disguise just because of the reps they're going to get and the creation responsibilities they're going to be thrown into. Um, that's going to help them win playoff series. Like we saw against the Bucks, there was times where, you know, if Chris and Devin weren't getting going, uh, they just kind of didn't know what to do offensively. So – they need those guys to step up, create their own offense, and and really just be engaged 24-7. Like, that's what it comes down to. Um, we'll move on to our true or false section now. <clears throat> We're going to have John run that, so take it away, John. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to third quarter where we're going to do true or false. Uh, I'm going to go through four questions with a, with a bonus question at the end. And I'm going to put this out there and we will, uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. And then coach, you'll let me know what your, your thoughts are. True or false. Question number one, Devin Booker will surpass the Tom Chambers single season scoring average record for the Suns of 27.2 points per game. Currently he is at 25.5. I'm going to say false for, for this year. Uh, I love this question. I think he will, at some point in his career, break that record. I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, <clears throat> maybe I'm being a little bit foolish there because he could go on a crazy stretch here and average like 32 points a game the rest of the season and bump it up. But uh, I'm going to go false on this one. What do you think, Coach? 
Do we happen to know what he would need to average to get that throughout the rest of the year? I'm trying to do like the math in my head, and it's I'm just literally in much. Excel right now trying to figure that. So you keep talking, I'll try to figure. I, I tried to do the math too, and I just cannot. It's too early for that. <laughs> if, if if it was nine forty one and not eight forty one, potentially we could have done it, but you know. I'm going to say no, just because I think he's going to be more focused on passing the ball right now as well, too, and a little bit less on the scoring front. I do think he's going to drop a 50-point game at some point, but I think he's learning a lot from Chris Paul from that point book uh, mentality. So I'm going to say false. He is going to get a 50-point burger sometime, but he will be averaging, I think, 30 while Chris Paul is out, but I don't think he's going to be averaging what maybe the 34 or 36 it's going to cost him to get there. Yeah, it looks like it's around 37, I think. My math is probably wrong, but 37 points a game, I think you're both, you know, correct. It, it's false. Uh, he just He's going to have to be too much of a playmaker. You know, if this was Chris Paul is healthy and Devin Booker gets on one of those heaters, which definitely would be plausible if CP3 was uh, available, I could see it happening, and I agree, with, I agree with you, Brandon. I definitely think that it's something that he will do moving forward in his career. I mean, he got close. A couple of years ago, I mean, he's averaged 26.6, I think twice in his career. Yeah, 26.6 in 2019 and 2020. Uh, and he has 25.6 last year. And that's currently what he's at right now. So uh, although I would like to see it, um, it's funny because like literally every year I'll write this piece for Bright Side of the Sun with about 20 games left. And everybody in the comments blows it up and it's like, who cares? We just want to win a championship. I'm like, OK, I just I care about these things like Tom Chambers has held that record since like 1989. Like, come on, we, we could do better than that. So, all right, question number two, and I'll start with Coach on this one. True or false, James Jones will make a move in the buyout market. Uh, I'm going to say false just because I feel like if it was going to happen, we would have kind of already heard it at this point. It's freakishly weird that we're not getting as many buyouts as we generally get this time of year. So, just based on the market, I'm going to say false. Brandon? I'm going to say, I think I agree with Coach, but I'm going to say true just because I feel like every time we don't expect something to happen, something happens with James Jones. Mm. So, like, realistically, it's I feel like an injury would have to happen or maybe, like, Kaminsky's, like, further away than we think or uh, something like that goes down. But um, I'm just going to say true. I feel like some, some buyout candidate's going to make sense. Maybe uh, the opportunity just – Fits and you know Alfred Payton's gone. You know we can pray. <laughs> yes, it's time to put Elf on the shelf. Uh, yes, I'm going to say true as well. It'll be interesting to see though who hits the buyout market. I don't feel like we've hit that time yet where all of a sudden all the buyout market guys become available. Uh, right. And here's another thing: like if you're watching the show on Facebook, like anytime a guy gets bought out, we don't need to sit there and try to plug him into the Suns lineup. Like let's just go with players that actually make sense you know I, I swear every time i see any guy get dropped or cut by a team they're like that he'd be a great fit for the phoenix suns on suns facebook love you suns facebook but at the same time like pump the brakes okay it's we don't need to plug every free agent into this team so uh but again i say true i think like as as zona said james jones does what you don't expect him to do and although he hasn't displayed a an affinity for na uh, navigating the buyout market I wish he did last year with JaVale McGee. Man, did I push for that on my podcast? That would have really made a uh, a difference for the or team. Biz last or year. Or Biz, yeah. I was on. I was on top. I wanted both of them. I think. Uh, yeah, I was on with Brandon Clean last year. I remember talking about that. I'm like Biz Mac Biombo. I'm like, bring him in. 
but yeah, we definitely need to put Elf on the shelf. He's not the answer anymore. He's easy to cut. So let's bring in somebody else. Question number three, and I'll start with Zone on this one. The Suns finish the season with the best record in the league. True or false? True, and it'll be by three or four games. I, I think this team is going to keep winning. Uh, obviously, that's you know with the hope that Payne and Holiday can return relatively soon. Um, but yeah, I think at this point they have too big of a cushion for them not to, bearing disaster injuries or something like that. So I'm going to go true with this one. Coach? The answer kind of scared me towards the end. Too big. God, John, didn't that sound like an answer we said with the Arizona Cardinals this past this past Stop. year? <laughs> no. No. You know uh, but Here's a difference. Cliff. They, Cliff Kingsbury, exactly. We have Monty yes. Williams. <laughs> absolutely. But I'm not going to come on this podcast and say false that we're not going to do that. It's absolutely true. We're going to find a way to come back and do what we do and be just fine. Chris Paul. He, as you guys said, he's going to be playing. If this was the playoffs right here, we're going to be fine. We're going to have the best record in the league. We're going to go in as the one seed, and everything's going to be all merry with roses and butterflies and rainbows from here on out. I'm going to agree with the butterflies and rainbows. Maybe throw a unicorn in there. Yeah, we're finishing with not only uh, the best record in the Western Conference, it's the best record in the league. That's a fact. Uh, there's, what, 22 games remaining for the Phoenix Suns. You know, essentially, if the if the Warriors were to catch the Phoenix Suns because they have a six game lead on them right now, you know, going from a math standpoint, the, the Phoenix Suns would have to go what, like twelve and ten, and they would have to go eighteen and four. I think they have a five or four or something. Four, yeah. yeah, something like that. I mean, I just I don't see this. I don't see the Suns going twelve and ten the remainder of the season. If that's what it takes for the Suns to lose that one seed, uh, th that's not going to happen. So the Phoenix Suns, and I like what you said, Zona. I could see us ending with like a a two and a half or not you you can't do halves at the end of the season, a three or four game lead in the Western conference, holding down that number one seed. War, uh, the warrior schedule is also way more trickier than ours is. I mean, their next six, seven, eight, nine games are all against playoff teams right now too. big nice. difference in schedule disparity as well. Well, we have like a nice little home stretch too. I mean, this is last night was game one of, I believe five consecutive games at home. So, you know, this is the time when the Phoenix suns can, you know, sit back and, and string together some wins that, again, every win right now is massive. I was saying this on my podcast. I feel like every win counts as like a win and a half right now without CP3 because you're coming to that finish line, and every time you get a win, that's another opportunity for the Warriors to stay away. And you want that one seed, and I get it. Like, if we get the two seed, uh, again, we are the ones who knock, as Espo likes to say on the PHNX podcast, you know. We are the ones who knock, and, and teams will be afraid to play us in the playoffs. But I still, like, I don't want to have to play the Warriors or the or the Memphis Grizzlies in round two. Save that crap for the Western Conference Finals, you know? Facts. So, all right. Question number four, and I'll start with Coach on this one. DeAndre Ayton will average 20-plus points per game during the remaining 22 games. True or false? False. I think he's just a little too inconsistent to be able to do that. I also think, though, it... it kind of has to do with the defensive end. He's going to have to guard some big bodies in a lot of games. He's going to have to guard Giannis again and beat again, Jokic again. And I think that's going to take away from the offensive end. So, I mean, just based on the defensive matchups alone, I'm going to say false, but also because of his highs and lows. And as you said, it does take him a few games to get his legs under him, just like Lissy said on the podcast last night. So maybe it's going to take another one or two games to get there. It's going to be hard against 
uh, Gobert to to get over that hump unless he's beating him down the court, which he can do every single time. But just mm-hmm. purely based on defensive matchups, I'm going to say false. Zona? Yeah, 20 is a good number. I think it's going to be close to that. I'm going to go false. I think it would be like 18 and 19 range. Uh, there's going to be nights where either offensively he doesn't have it or he doesn't need to. Um, so especially with the guard situation, kind of like flashbacks of early career DeAndre where no one can make an entry pass. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. But, you know, I think without CP, there's there's not a ton of playmaking that will help him get to that 20-plus point-per-game mark. So I think it's going to be close. I think he's going to have a, a stretch where he's averaging, you know, 20-plus points for, like, a couple weeks. But uh, consistently, like, I think it's going to fall just short of that. So that's, that's a good question. So through the first two games without CP, he's averaging 13 points, 6.5 rebounds, 1.5 steals, point zero blocks 3.5 turnovers gross uh i'm gonna say true i got faith in you da welcome to the the eight and for mvp podcast yeah dave uh no i definitely think that you know you both bring up valid points uh the playmaking needs to occur for him to get those quality looks and brandon i kind of had a flashback to his first two years in the league when no one could create an entry pass to him god i forgot how bad that was man i'm still scarred Seriously, it wasn't until Ricky Rubio showed up. You're like, oh, you can actually get the big man. I mean, I remember like Kelly Oubre would throw infantry passes to him and he'd end up 20 feet from the basket because they didn't know how to get it into him. So, uh, but I think that DA, you know, again, his engagement on offense will leave or lead to uh, quality offensive looks. And I have faith in the big fella. I really do. The points have to come from somewhere. Uh, You know, one thing that I got to say is the, the Suns will go as the twins go. Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, that is. I really believe that. They have to provide those extra points that are going to allow the Phoenix Suns to navigate victories. But I can definitely see DA putting up plenty of 25, 22-point performances uh, simply by, again, being active. The one thing that I feel like, you know, as as you mentioned, Coach, if he uses his leverage properly in the paint, he can get some of those cheap points off of offensive rebounds and things of that nature. Uh, so I, I have faith in you, DA. I have faith in you. Atta All boy. Right. Let's uh, podcast of optimism, fanning the flames. Um, bonus question: The Suns will win sixty-five games or more this season. That means they have to have a sixteen and six finish or better. Zona, what do you think? Going to go true. I think it'll be exactly sixteen and six, right on the button. So, uh, you know, the Suns are going to break a franchise record. It's going to be great. Oh, that's awesome. We'll see how they get to it, though. There's, I know their schedule lightens up a little bit, um, and once they get these their guards back, I think they're going to go on another run. They have one more in them. I don't know when it's going to start, but it's it's going to start. So true, Coach. What do you think? Absolutely true. Absolutely, we're we're going to get sixty five. We might even get get sixty six. Why not go sixty seven? This team has shown that they can win games in in different ways. They they can turn it on at the five minute mark. And as long as we're up, what are we 37 to no going into the fourth quarter with mm-hmm. the lead, as long as we can secure that we're going to be just fine. I mean, absolutely true. 65 plus best team in sun's history. Number one seed. Let's go. Uh, they just need to win 14 more games and they break the franchise record. Like think about that. 49 wins. Currently they 14 more games puts us at 63. Uh, this is absolutely hundred percent false. There's no way they're going to break the franchise. No, I'm kidding. Of course they're going to break it, man. This is the season. This is, you know, something that it's just, it's so crazy that just two or three years ago, we're, you know, as you mentioned, we're winning 19 games and now we have a shot of actually beating 
the seven seconds or less era Phoenix Suns, the Charles Barkley led Suns record wise. So, you know, focus in Suns. We want this one. We definitely want this one. Go win 67, huh? Let's do that. So uh, real quick before you get on, were you guys really rooting for the 18 game win streak to get to get that record earlier in the season? Were were you a big proponent of that or did you not really care? Yeah, absolutely. It's like Chris Paul says, you got to celebrate the little things throughout the season. And that's, you know, as fans, we have to do the same things. You know, you can sit there and and give the, well, it's only matters, you know, if you win a championship and and that whole spiel. But at the same time, like you have to celebrate the little things. And that was, uh, that that was pretty big. I thought that was a really fun run for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I I really wanted to hit 20 because 20 plus, I feel like those, like once it hits that, you know, milestone type number, those are the ones that not only Suns fans never forget, but like, the NBA world doesn't forget. So they're True. so close, um, but that was an awesome run. And I think uh, just looking at their record this year, it's just like the like Chris Paul injury kind of sucks because they would have had a legit shot at hitting 70 wins. I think if the yeah, CP absolutely. like legitimately with the way they're playing, uh, I, I think they could have hit, hit set like 70 or maybe 69, which would have been nice. Um, <laughs> but now without right. him, I think it's going to be closer to that 65 to 67 range, which is just, the fact that we're talking about that is just it still hasn't really hit me um, awesome it's insane so it'll hit me in 10 years when i look back on it and just be like what yeah. the that was fantastic so that was true or false brought to you by just sports go to justsports.com, put in the code suns jam get 15 percent off your order once again just sports shameless plug there you go what an audio voice he has huh he's perfect for the radio come on <laughs> i got Sign a face for radio <laughs> <laughs> All right, now a quick transition. The fourth quarter. Those are beautiful transitions. But Dave doesn't use them anymore. So I know. I, he doesn't. Gonna... I made those specifically for him. I'm like, it's such a great quick. I use the Kevin Harlan voice and everything to make those. Use those, Dave. Come on. Those are quality transitions. Yep. So uh, like the transition said, we're in the fourth quarter now. So uh, what's next? We're just going to preview the upcoming week, make some predictions and See if anyone has any hot takes. Uh, see if anyone upsets anyone in the chat. Let's let's, let's keep the hot takes rolling. Um, but first, <laughs> we'll start with what's coming up. We got the three home games this week uh, against the Jazz, Blazers, and the Knicks. Um, we'll start with Coach on this one. What is your prediction for this week? Utah's game, I think, is going to be a little tougher than people think. Their backup five guys, Eric Pascal, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I don't. I don't have the rest of the roster on top of my head. Uh, Whiteside is in there. Trent Forrest. Those guys were the ones running as the first unit the first time we played them, and they were fairly successful against us. Game two got a lot of their guys back, but still didn't have Rudy and Gobert. And now they're they're fully healthy. Conley. Everybody's there, ready to go. Hearing everything that I'm hearing on on the Salt Lake radio stations up here, it's kind of this year or or bust for them they i mean they don't have the talent i don't think they will do it but the media and everybody here is treating it like it so utah is going to come out ready to play and i think we're going to get a lot better team than we got on friday night we're going to have an engaged team they know what utah is i mean devin booker always goes off against utah right but they know that too we're in for a battle that game i think we're going to squeak it out by three points and, and everybody's going to anoint us again after that. The Portland game's a little bit tricky just because they have absolutely nothing to lose. There's nothing to play for. Technically, mm-hmm. they're the 10th seed right now. 
which I think they're going to get overtaken by New Orleans at some point because of the way that they're playing. And and before I forget, let's let's give a shout out to Willie Green for blitzing Devin Booker like like the way he should. I thought Willie Green coached an absolutely immaculate game last night. So props to him for knowing how to stop Book and that's how you do it. But with Portland, they have nothing to play for. They're just going all out, balls to the wall. Anthony Simons is mm-hmm. a guy that we have yet to play when he's on this tear. So I'm curious how that shakes out. New York, I think New York's just a guaranteed win, to be honest with you. And I really don't even care about going into much uh, detail regarding the Knicks and the Tom Thibodeau Coach of the Year case yeah. last year. <laughs> what a joke that was, man. Mm-hmm. I still... No, I, I agree with you, Coach. I think that you know the Knicks game is an automatic W. Uh, the Portland is going to come out on fire, but their defense is so suspect uh, that that's an easy W for me. I'm really I'm interested to see tomorrow, and I'm actually going to give the Suns a loss tomorrow just to because everyone's giving them all three wins. I, I say two and one. I think that you know, as you mentioned, this is this game means a lot to the Jazz. I don't know if it means a lot to the Suns. Uh, and they're going to come out engaged. And I think that, again, the discombobulation, the, the, the Suns are still navigating how they're going to be effective with playmaking without Chris Paul. And if Aaron Holiday is healthy, I think the Suns definitely stand a chance because, again, not only do you have playmaking, but you have shooting. But if you have Elf out there, the one-dimensional wizard uh, who only, you know, he reminds me of, of Eric Bledsoe where sometimes he'll just drive to the hoop. He'll jump up in the air, realize he's about to get his shit blocked. And then try that's when he decides to try to find a teammate for a pass. Bledsoe used to do that stuff all the time. Drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that with elf. Uh, if elf and Landry Shamit continue to play the way they are, we don't stand a chance of, in my personal opinion against Utah because they can, they're a deep team. They're, they're a professional team. They're like the Phoenix suns. They're a team that knows how to put wins together and they play as a team and as a unit and uh, they, again, if the Phoenix Suns aren't locked in, if, if we don't have Aaron Holiday, I think we stand no chance. So I'll be interested to hear how that news goes. But I'm, I'm going to put a, an L on that one uh, just because I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you. I think uh, they're going to go two and one. I think the Jazz game they're going to drop, especially with uh, their guard trouble they have right now. Utah knows how to take advantage of that. They're really well coached. So. Um, I can see them losing that game and then getting back on track against the Blazers and Knicks um, taking down, you know, the Blazers there. Uh, I like Anthony Simons and, you know, Josh Hart was a nice pickup, but that team is just bad. And then uh, Joseph is out as well. So super depleted team. Um, and then the Knicks, like coach said, just the fraudulent coach of the year is going to be exposed by Monty and it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go two and one on that one as well. Um, and three and oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. What, what, what are you smoking this early in the morning? Three and oh, three and oh, you know, if David uh, decided to start these things at 9 a.m., maybe we wouldn't be as high. <laughs> All right, so let's uh send it to the last segment. Any hot takes for the upcoming week could be an individual performance, a team performance, something you think is going to happen. Uh, just I, got a, I got a really good one. All right, you go. There is going to be a game this week. DeAndre Ayton will hit two three pointers. Whoa, I like it. Okay, I like it. Okay, that plays kind of into mine. Uh, You know, DeAndre Ayton, his career high is thirty three points. Okay, Uh, I was actually at the game. It happened. He scored like twenty two or something in the second quarter. Uh, It was fantastic. He's going to go for forty this week against Portland. I'm calling it right now. Like you said, Nurkic is out. 
It's a team that doesn't really play defense. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. I think that we're going to see a 40-point performance from DA, and it's going to help my case for him getting over 20 points over the last 22 games, uh, 20 points per game. So I think that we're going to see a 40-burger from DA, and all of a sudden, everybody's just going to kind of be like, you know what? DA, he's amazing. And then he'll come out against the Knicks, and he'll score like six. <laughs> Inconsistent I, I DA. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think Aiden's going to have a lot of stretches like to close this year where he, in the first half, he'll score like 21. And then second half, he comes out, they just, you know, he'll have yeah, like four. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but when he's, when he's in that mode, if, if he can put it all together for two halves, I could see that happening for sure. Um, it is happening. It is happening. <laughs> I love it. Put it in the universe. Yes. Um, I tried to make a hot take yesterday with Landry Shamit. I tried to speak into existence. Said he's gonna hit eight threes, which would match his career high. Saw that, yeah. Uh, I saw that, yeah. He I made was two. hoping you were right. Uh, he, he made, made his first two. two, and I was like, okay, maybe we're cooking or something, and then just kind of faded into oblivion. So uh, I tried, but uh, let's go with another three point uh, prediction. I'm gonna say Cam Johnson is gonna have a, a career high in three pointers made. He's gonna hit eight. I'm gonna go with it again. I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I, he needs to shoot. We need Cam to shoot 10 plus threes a game with C- with CP out. That's my I've said that even with CP healthy, they need to use him like a, a Duncan Robinson where you're just, you know, forcing him to get those shots up because uh, when he's confident and he has a shot going that opens up the driving lanes for him and uh, allows for, for some more PJ Tucker type dunks, which uh, are always fun. But yes. I like yeah. it. I like it. Let's go. Let's Cam Johnson. I mean, again, he's getting those starts now. Uh, the opportunity is definitely there for him. He's just got to execute. You know, he shot 10 threes last night and he only made three shot eight the night before and made four. So, you know, the, the opportunity and the, and the shot attempts will be there. It's time to make, make Zona look good. Cam hit eight. Please. Okay. Make us all look good. How about that? Sons? Let's go <laughs> eight for 11. That's what it's going to be. I love it. Yes. And, and hopefully Deandre will, uh, you know, hit both of those marks on the same game. So you guys get your predictions right too. And I like what so says Jay says in the chat. He says book triple double soon. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening too. a triple oh, double yeah. just around the corner uh, for D book. That's for that, those, that. Them's the facts. Yep. I agree. All right, guys. Uh, we're a little over an hour now, so let's, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Um, John, tell us where we can find you and your work and, uh, you know, flex a little bit about your 300th episode. That's... <laughs> well, no, I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Suns jam session. Obviously we go live after every Phoenix suns game. So you can follow us on Twitter at suns jam, stop by the YouTube channel and listen to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, it's been kind of a crazy journey. You know, once upon a time we started as the solar report podcast uh, and you know, Dave didn't take too kindly to that. He's like, Solar Report, we're the solar panel. I'm like, Solar Report just sounds good. So, but we changed our name. We became the Sun's Jam Session after starting a relationship with Bright Side of the Sun, which is where you can read uh, all my fun takes. I'm putting together one today that I'll, I'll post a little bit later today. Uh, but yeah, follow the show at Sun's Jam. You can follow me at Darth Void. And you can follow my co host, Matthew Lissy, at Matthew Lissy. And thank you for anybody who subscribed, rate, reviewed, and uh, gives us a thumbs up. Do the same here, please, because Solar Panel is awesome. Yeah, shout out to Sun's Jam Session. You guys are killing it. Um, we, we put in the work. <laughs> you do. Uh, Coach Evan, where we, tell us where we can find you. 
Yeah, hey, going on after every single game is is tough business. I, I know firsthand of that. So so props to you guys for doing that. And again, congrats on three hundred uh, at Coach Evan B on Twitter and at He's on Fire Pod. He's on Fire Podcast on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, what is it? Apple Podcast and Google Playlist. I don't even know what they all are anymore. So any audio platform, you can find us there. Uh, we go on every Wednesday and Sunday night at 930 Valley time. So catch us on there. Brought to you by the ASAP Sports Network and the future home of the Arena Football League as well, too. So we'll be the official carriers of the Arena Football League and you'll be able to catch all Rattlers content on us, uh, our podcast as well, too. So nice. come on by, subscribe, join, and and we'll be, I'll be in inviting these two guys on as well as flex in the in the near near future yep. shout out to the rattlers that's that's my organization right there so yeah love it uh but yeah thank, thank you guys for for coming on appreciate your thank time thank you uh you could find me on twitter at zona hoops underscore my work on brightsideofsun.com zonahoops.com all that fun stuff uh we'll close this out with a, a quick ad uh make sure you check out our midweek episodes and uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Happy Saturday. Go Suns. Amen. For those watching this episode on YouTube, I've got some news for you. You're only getting half the story. The Solar Panel Podcast delivers you an additional special episode every Wednesday with a national personality from places like The Ringer, The Athletic, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBA.com, and everyone else. You'll hear what the non-locals think about the Suns and the NBA in general. It's a new feed, though. You've got to click some buttons. Forget the old one. Get the new one. Go to your favorite pod app, search for Solar Panel Podcast with the orange logo. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave me a five-star review, I'll give you props on the air.